All right, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show post-game show as we try to break down uh, what we have just uh, sat and watched. Orlando City lost 2-1 to Charlotte FC. Uh, my name is Austin David here with Kyle Foley live from the stadium, or as, as live as a podcast can be, without it being actually live. Um, so, Kyle, uh, thoughts? <laughs> Well, it was certainly a game. It was a game. <laughs> I think one of the things that we were talking about that we observed was it, it looked like there were plenty of moments where Orlando had chances to score. Mm-hmm. And, he, and and the statistics back that up, which I'll, I'll get into in a second, but it, it just goes back to the problem we've been talking about for quite some time on the show, which is just it's a lack of finishing. And we, if you can't finish against Charlotte, who's one of the weaker teams defensively, especially on the road in the league, then that does not really bode well. Now, granted... Some of this is coming off the game against Tigres, and it's a bit of a letdown. And it's not that Orlando City didn't play well. It's not that it's not that they showed up completely like we're devastated and we're defeated and we don't want to play. No, if, if anything, the first fifteen minutes they were was fired up. Great, yeah. But then then you get caught ball watching and you give up a goal in the first goal, and the second goal was was a miraculous bounce to go in. It's very unlucky I'm, for, for yeah, I mean, Mikey Holiday. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not like. I mean, I, Orlando were not outplayed. This wasn't an issue of, of not showing up and not being up for the game. It was just two moments. Yeah, there were just two moments. And so looking statistically, obviously, Orlando had 19 shots to Charlotte's eight. Mm-hmm. Eight of those being on target, three of Charlotte's being on target. I got seven on target. Sorry, you're right. Seven on target and four to Charlotte. Sorry. On, I was, I was, for some reason, they put off target ahead of on target on this list. In terms of the, the statistics, we can talk about how Orlando City, like, dominated the board statistically because a majority of the chances that they had were you know within that that parameter but the biggest statistic that i'll take away from this um is i uh, i think the the biggest one is just the the turnovers in the final third yeah right and and there were i think there were moments where orlando city had like seven turnovers in the final third which I think that that's that's one of the biggest points you can kind of take away from this. Like in the second half alone, um, it was actually only one, but in the first half, uh, six six turnovers in the final third for Orlando City. And Oscar Pereja talked about it. He said that the first half was was not what we wanted to see. In fact, that you know he said that they thought we were, they were going to do something else. Uh, he said we tried to congest the middle. Uh, they came in from that that big game. On Wednesday, they tried to find some, you know, solidarity in the middle and, and try and reduce the spaces and control things, but it literally didn't work that way. It went the opposite way, and uh, there was more space for them, and the connections between the defenders and midfielders was bigger than they thought they were going to be. And in the game, in the, the you know first half, they didn't have it, and the second half they fixed it, and the second half was better. Um, but Oscar said, you know, he waited 30 minutes hoping that, you know, there would be a reaction from the players, and it didn't happen so he had to wait till halftime to make those changes you saw the subs coming in and, and trying to change things up trying to give a little bit of a refresh tactically as well as as personnel wise and it worked you know second half was better uh, but when you're down to nothing to a team that is playing on the road they're going to be playing defensive they're going to try and muck up the game and they did you know this the foul count at the end of the day um i think there was Total of twelve fouls and committed s- and six yellow cards for Charlotte. Yeah, like it was. This is a game where you are playing an opponent whose only goal is to disrupt you. Right. And when you when you when you 
collapse and make two mistakes. Well, I, one mistake t- to allow the goal. I don't think the second one was as much of a mistake. Bucky, yeah, it was a, it was an unfortunate deflection. But right when I talk about the the twelve fouls, that's only in the second half. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Total. <laughs> Total in the game, there was 17, which means there were five fouls in the first half. So the the difference between the first and second half in terms of just trying to muck up the game, like five yellow cards out of the six that they got in the game were in the second half. It was their mission to try and muck up the game as much as possible and slow things down because Orlando City, they like to play possession. They like to play on the ground. And Charlotte, being 2 nothing up on the road doing all, their, all they can and not let them do that. And that was, you know, that's a road tactic. That's what teams well, do. I, I will say, though, too, that amount of fouls and yellow cards in the second half also does show how potent Orlando City looked coming out of halftime, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you're not getting – you look at the difference in play in the two halves with Orlando and see how, and it correlates with those fouls and those yellow cards because you have – you know, when you're not playing well and when you can't keep possession, because you talked about turnovers in the attacking third, but it wasn't just those. It was also with turnovers just in general. Yeah. There were lots of half clearances, half passes that just went straight back to Charlotte, and they had a hole open right in the middle. And fortunately, I suppose for Orlando, Charlotte weren't able to make anything of most of those opportunities, but they were for one, and they were able to score. And then obviously they had that second goal to put things away. I, th- I think, you know, w- looking at, Orlando today, defensively, some weak moments, some, some ball-watching moments. Some of that comes down to, to being tired. Uh, defensively, a lot of those guys have not been able to rotate as much, so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of tired legs, but more than tired legs, tired minds, Yeah, which I think is, is the more important thing. And so I think that combined with the fact that the offense is still not clicking. Obviously, Martino Heda getting on the score sheet, he talked about it after the game with us. He said that it helps his confidence and helps calm his anxiety a little bit that he's finally he's scored and he's he's got that off his shoulders a little bit so that starts to open him up and that's what we talked about before is that you have all these new players coming in you have new partnerships having to form on the field it takes time and unfortunately it it doesn't really start to click until someone until they score right but once that happens and the confidence comes back then everything else kind of starts to fall into place so hopefully it's a good sign for what's coming next. I thought it was interesting with, with Martin talking about his anxiety, just the pressure, you know, him coming in as a designated player for signing for that much money. The expectations that everybody has on him to be able to perform right out of the gate. You know, he was talking about how at, it's ang- it makes him anxious, and, and that really does play a factor into young players. You know, people don't necessarily think about that. You know, they all say, oh, well, you're paid to do this game. You should be good at it immediately. Like, that's they're human and and just try and remember that when you're thinking about these these kids because they're literally kids that have n- probably never left home before you know martin's been playing in in argentina for his entire life it's the first time it's a, it's a big culture shock you know there's a lot of factors that go into these kind of uh players and how they acclimate to new surroundings and sometimes it works sometimes it takes a little bit longer well and you talk about acclimating to new surroundings you also talked to Hafa santos after mm-hmm. the game and heard him talk about and you asked him i believe it was you that asked him you know what's it like the transition from playing in brazil to now playing in mls and he actually yeah. said mls is faster and more intense you have less time to think yeah and that's that's a first of all that's a huge shift from what mls had been in the past right mls yeah. was the slow grinded out physical league and now it's significantly different and so you have these guys who are coming from Brazil and South American general leagues where you're getting guys signed by Premier League clubs for upwards of 20, 30, 40 million dollars. And they're coming here to MLS and going, no, this is this is harder. 
Mm. This is this is much harder to adapt to. That's a huge testament to the league, but also helps kind of temper the expectations a little bit for things clicking right away and understanding that it was going to take time anyway. And it does take time when these guys are saying, listen, this is this is intense. This is fast. This is, you know, it's challenging. It's it's not easy. And you talked about with his anxiety and this idea of, you know, even five years ago in sports, hearing a player talk about dealing with anxiety and dealing with these sorts of things was just not a thing that happened. Um, and so now that they they feel more comfortable, I think fans have also over the last couple of years started to be more receptive to that and understanding like, no, this is, this is work for them as much fun as, as it is. And it's, it's gotta be, you know, a hell of a fun job, but it is a job and there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And you have to perform, especially with the money that gets involved in this. And so when they're coming over at a young age in a new country where they might not speak the language or understand it very well. And there's just so many leaving family and friends. There's just a million reasons why it's a challenge. And so seeing them even start to adapt as quickly as they have is something you kind of step back and go, wow, that's okay. I mean, good. Like it's happening (laughs) maybe a little bit faster and that, but two hours ago, I wouldn't have thought that right. Two hours ago, I was thinking more of, okay, it's about like, it needs to start clicking. And so I think it was cool to hear him talk about that. And this this idea that it's it's all about perspective at the end of the day, you know, you can make assumptions based on, you know, not being able to talk to these guys. And that's why it's, it's always important to ask these guys like, Hey, are you actually doing okay? Like the human aspect of things. Absolutely. And it's always just important to, to remember that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. just in terms of the game, um, you know, not really much more can be said about this. It was, I think, actually, Hafa Santa said it. It's a learning lesson. We're going to learn from this, you know. Uh, they're going to be missing a, a bunch of guys for this game against uh, Philly coming up, as is Philly. They're going to be missing, like, 10 guys, I think, because they're playing during the FIFA window. And so... It's an opportunity for Orlando and some of these other guys that haven't gotten a lot of playing time to step up. Martina Ojeda is going to be here still. Um, opportunity for him to kind of step up with Facundo Torres gone with Uruguay. Uh, now that he's gotten that goal off his belt, could be a breakout game for him. That's the hope, at least. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think the players are going to learn from this, and I think this isn't. Uh, we're not at a point where there's any sort of panic or concern. I think. I mean. This, is, is this the first loss? Yes, first loss That's of the I season. Thought. I know the DC game felt like a loss, but yeah. it wasn't. It was a draw. So first loss of the season, starting to see again over the last couple games, we've seen a lot more cohesive attacking play everywhere up until right at the very end and then not quite able to finish. Hmm. So I think that's when you can do all the other stuff right, the goals are going to come. It's just learning what little adaptations they can make going forward to get the goals <laughs> It's important to remember that this is a new team. We're fairly new. I mean, you have a lot of guys that are coming in that haven't played in the league, that haven't played in the team, and they're, they're still trying to adjust. And, and you see that because over the course of a 90-minute game, they're not scoring goals in the first half, they're scoring in the second half. Mm-hmm. And you see that over, over the building of games. They're starting to find their rhythm, and it takes time. Now, over the course of a season, you want that to be able to kind of hit in the summer months because usually you know, historically speaking for Orlando, fast starts, poor summers, slower endings. So a slower start could mean a faster middle of the season and a better end to the season. That is the hope, especially considering you're going to be getting some opportunities late in the season 
that you're going to be knowing kind of where you stand in the playoffs, where you need to be in order to make the playoffs and, and put yourself in position to be able to compete for an MLS Cup. Right now, it's it's all over the place. I mean, who knows who, what the teams are going to look like in five months' time. And the fact that this is their first kind of dropped game where they haven't been able to get points out of it, it's still very early, but you know they've been able to get points on the road and they've been able to get a win at home so far. Now, yeah, two draws, or a draw and a loss at home, not ideal. Um, but considering how unfortunate things went last year at home, yep. uh, hopefully they improve. But it's still so many questions right now and so little answers that we really <laughs> can't talk too much about uh, what could be, only what maybe. I, I think if we're still questioning the potency of attack and we're still seeing silly mistakes leading to goals in May, then then it becomes a, okay, this is this is an identity problem with the team. This is this is a problem just this in is ju- this is a this right. We're early season still. There's there's not been enough sample size to where and again, and I my initial thought towards the end of this game was that it was a bad game. And I think I think what I'm rephrasing to is it's a bad result. Mm. And there were bad moments. You remember that Cincy game last year? Yes. Felt like that. Yes. But I don't like. I don't feel. I'm not worried. I'm not nervous. I'm, and it's not really copium either. It's just things are taking time to gel, and I saw things on the field that encouraged me watching this team going forward. Now it's just a question of will they build on it? Will it get better? Will we see like last season where we were having the same conversation at the beginning of last season, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's a U.S. Open Cup victory couple months later yeah so not saying that this is this is destined to be a trophy season that 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 culminates in a trophy but slow starts are fine if you can build on them and grow and and they continue to improve and i think i think actually the play on the field has gotten better as the games have gone on Mm -hmm. even though this was the worst result there were a lot of things i saw that were encouraging i think the attack looked really attack looked really promising i think getting uh, antonio carlos back names are hard for me right now oh, <laughs> been here a while it's, it's, gotta drive home yeah but getting him back healthy so you can have a little bit more rotation in the back like all sort all these sorts of things will help and so i think yeah i mean it, the thing is like you've got to think about it this is the lo- most games that orlando city has played to start a season ever mm-hmm. like usually they've got you know a week in between and now they've played five games in 15 days or something ridiculous like yeah. that like that i believe that's it was hard. i believe it was five and 14 which yeah. is Still, it's nuts. No, yeah, you don't you don't have the time to be able to invest in developing a chemistry. You just have to continuously go out there. Like you're going from one game they played on Wednesday, right? You have an off day Thursday. You get back out there on Friday. You work for like an hour and a half, and then you're playing a game on Saturday. Like there's no time to develop that chemistry in that attacking third with a a brand new guy who's supposed to be your linchpin of your offense in Martino Heda. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. The question we always ask is, how are we feeling? I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling great after tonight. I didn't think it was it was amazing, and obviously, you never feel good after watching a loss and and all that. But there were some good takeaways, and I yeah, cautiously optimistic is the thing. I saw some some things that were encouraging instead of just a complete slog of a 90 minutes. Yeah. Well, they got a week before their next game. They actually have time to like rest, recuperate, and actually spend time in the training grounds working on that chemistry. 
and we will see how they play and how they fare against one of the best Eastern Conference teams that are there right now, you know, despite their most recent result, which they lost Julian Carranza to a double yellow, so he'll be out as well as all the players that have been called up to their respective national teams. I, I you know, say it's a winnable game, because it is. Every game is a winnable game, regardless of the opponent for Orlando City. Just uh, the hope is that they spend this next week of training working on the stuff that they weren't able to uh, execute on here out in Exploria Stadium tonight, and that it's better, and they are actually able to connect, score goals, score more than one goal in a game this season, which still hasn't been done, and it gets better. That's the hope. Yep, that's all you can ask for. Perfect. All right. Well, that does it here from Exploria Stadium. Uh, for Kyle Foley, I'm Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another post-game edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll see you next time.